You're tuned into our podcast, To Boldly Roll, a weekly play-by-voice Star Trek Adventures RPG hosted by Obsidian Fleet. If you want to boldly explore our biographies, read the Game Master's reports, and listen to crew logs, then set your phasers to stun and your browser heading for our website to boldlyroll.net. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the USS Potemkin. Our mission on behalf of Obsidian Fleet is to make new friends and protect the Federation. To discover the galaxy and to not roll 20s, we aim only to pick fights with the GM that we can win, but not upset him so much that he yells stars at us wholesale. And so it is, we have united today to boldly roll. Welcome, I am Matthew, the GM. I also play Torrent Pax, the captain and I try really hard not to kill everyone. Hi, I'm Tom, and I play Lieutenant Commander Carl Hadley, the Potemkin's Executive Officer. I'm Matthew, and I play Lieutenant Ezekiel Zeke Pride, the Helm Officer and 2XO. My name is Bunny, and I play Lieutenant Jay-Z Rizarao, a joint drill. I am the Operations Officer, and whatever it is, I swear I didn't do it. Hi, I'm Will, and I play Alexander Artopoulos, the Chief Medical Officer. I'm Nikki, I play the Grazerate Chief of Engineering, Lieutenant Ellie Naveen. Hi, I'm Paul, I play Lieutenant Scott McIntyre, the tough, uncompromising Chief of Security on the USS Potemkin. So we have the bot now? Okay, so water planet, failed moon, submarine, Sea water separates perfectly and has an exact number. Done. <laughs> no. Hey, podcast listeners, we forgot to start the bot. <laughs> the debate has been raging on why was the bot you know, forgotten, but between operations and engineering, everyone knows it's engineering's fault. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's fun. We've just been having a beach party, so. Contemplating <laughs> surfing a tsunami. Yeah. No planets were destroyed in the making of this recap. Yeah, we came close. A Mac free tsunami as well. Oh. Mm. On our day off. Disgraceful. Really ruined my attempts to boost morale with the party. (laughs) Oh, I thought the tsunami was the morale booster. I mean, it was certainly exciting. So we're back in the Shackleton Expanse, and we went to see a water planet and send down a submarine team. And we're hanging out on the shore of the 1% of island space, and a meteor hits the other side of the planet and causes a huge tidal wave, which comes at us at the speed of Mach 3, and then just stops midair when we've been transported away and falls down, dissipating all energy. And... Now we're back exploring, like, what the heck, man? Yeah. Yeah, what's up with that? <laughs> Dude, where's my wave? This uninhabited planet has a very terrible customer support service. Didn't even consider phoning the owners. Yeah, Raoul is not pleased. So, where are you going to go look first? Well, I mean, first, we should call up the science team and ask if they've noticed anything weird going on. Other than the asteroid strike and tsunami, no, not really. They're just, they've been conducting general scans 
over the last 24 hours, making sure that all the sensors are calibrated. And they've catalogued a couple of hundred species of aquatic life, but nothing unexpected yet. So can we, like, transport a cubic meter of the saltiness over to the not salty side and see what happens? Sure. That'd be a transporter test. Uh, right. That's one success. And actually, I get to roll another d20. Two successes. So you transport a cubic meter over to the regular ocean, as it were. The cube kind of stays cubic and it kind of floats there for a few minutes before it starts moving back towards the rest of it, still right. keeping a razor edged cube. Okay, that is creepy. Okay. Oh, no. It's like some gelatinous cube behavior. We don't want to be down here anymore. (laughs) (laughs) What happens when you give it a poke? Yeah. Should we Uh, try to talk to the planet at this point? And then how do you suggest we do that? Broadcast on all bands. Hello, what you doing? Did you fire an asteroid at us? Did we track where that meteor came from? Yeah, yeah, that would be good to know too. Uh, it came from the asteroid belt, uh, from the the asteroid ring in the planet. Uh, it was basically a, an asteroid. Uh, a couple of pieces struck each other, sending that one bit towards the planet. Can Ral track the trajectory of those pieces, see if this would have happened either way or they suddenly shifted trajectory to make the impact happen? Uh, No, it was one of the possible collisions mapped by astrometrics. Astrometrics estimates that there will be a dozen collisions a day uh, with Uh, maybe one or two big chunks making it planet side. Wow. Pretty active ring system. Yeah. Hey, uh, the doc is going to check his sample kit and see if the salt water that he took is trying to get out of the sample container. Hmm. Uh, no. It's not trying to move? No. Okay. But to be clear, you didn't take samples of the extremely salty stuff. Oh. That's in but the I middle take of, of a big ocean. Yeah, but... You... but, but... Oh, well, we should, we should probably do that then. No, it's like going <laughs> to eat us. Well, we're not going to s- swim in it. We'll end up in it anyway. <laughs> be like that black tar. Maybe. There's no reason we can't fly a shuttle over it and dip a bucket in on a piece of string. <laughs> You're really optimistic. <laughs> a shark is going to get us. Yeah, what? Is there ocean life as well? Because I not in the super salty parts. No, but in the general part. Yeah, plenty of life, ranging in size, tiny to megalodon size. Ooh, wow! Maybe mm-hmm. bigger. Whales. Are there any dolphins? Can we ask the dolphins what goes on on this planet? 
there's definitely no dolphins. Ah. I mean, you might actually have a couple of dolphins. I was going to phone up the cetaceous ops. Yeah. <laughs> dolphins already left the planet. Oh, we should we should deploy cetaceous ops. <laughs> yeah. Before can, can we just have a have a look at the boundary and see what the sea life does next to it? Why don't we have cetacean ops look at the boundary? <laughs> Isn't that their job? <laughs> Well, because they they might get in the goo and get eaten. Oh yeah. Oh, as opposed to us. We don't want them to meet any megalodons. For the most part, life seems to avoid the goo. Life needs things to live. Um, it's not. There's not like a big cordon around the goo. It's just. He's already calling it goo. <laughs> Damn you all! It's not the goo. For God. <laughs> It is now. That's, that's it. It's going to reach it's up. It's canon. I've seen that film. I think. Uh, yeah. So life doesn't, you know, run away from it, but it doesn't actively go swim through it either. If we spend a few minutes looking, can we see anything cross over the border and see what happens to it, or does it just not happen? Do a sciency scan. I think I had my paladin sharing the torch do that once. That didn't turn out well. What, a science scan? <laughs> do I does the science? I did see it. Yes, please, Will. Um, I did seriously consider basing it off of a D&D uh, creature. But, uh, you know. I did a no bueno. Did you bang your head on the controls? Yes. You did. You do have a couple of momentum from past, from other tests. Excellent. That I just forgot about. I mean, Nikki and Rao got like seven successes on a three needed, so... Yeah, with like maybe four or five? Yeah. Four. You can have okay. four, my random. We're down to three then. Are you going to revolve that 20? Yep. Yes. Okay. There is a pod, I guess, of vaguely whale-like creatures that are swimming around the perimeter. One of the pod is lagging behind the rest. It, it it is old. You can tell it's old um, from sensor scans. It's a couple of hundred years in age, whereas the rest of the pod is half that. But it's clearly injured, suffering from old age, you know, grumbling a lot, moaning about their back and all that sort of thing. So clearly old. Um, it seems to voluntarily swim into briny water. Judging from how much salt is in the surrounding water, this is pro- this is most definitely a um, a death sentence for the creature. It just can't survive in that much salt. But as soon as it is fully across, and it this creature's twenty odd tons, almost a hundred feet long. Uh, once it's across, it kind of dissolves. The whale dissolves. Yeah. So is it not water? I mean, clearly not. <laughs> Does it dissolve in the sense that it, like, you know, kind of, kind of like, like a solution that falls apart in, or does it disappear? Uh, kind of like a uh, a trash panda putting uh, candy floss in water, or like a sugar cube in hot water. Has the mass of the so whale been added to the sea salt sea sea part? Yeah, it has been. So it's got bigger now? Marginally, yes. Considering it was already, you know, like the size of the United States. 
But knowing it added the mass instead of making it disappear, that's important. That's pretty disgusting. Quite, it's kind of like a, it, it, it's a, it's a damn near instantaneous thing. So it's not messy. Sensors can't really tell you what happened. It, they do indicate that it was um, disassembled at the um, atomic level. So it's not like digesting or acid. It's just technology, it's probably. Disassembly. Those nanites. Or indication of nanites in the water. How, how many of those drone things do we have? What drone things? You know, the, fl- the floaty science, the, the, the drone things. Like a probe? The probe robots. Yeah, the floaty. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Um, sort of. X amount? <laughs> so, so, so an arbitrary amount, then? Yes. Uh, in that case, we should send one of them to try and examine it close, more closely. Yeah. Um, and for the record, I've decided that this is our version of uh, discoveries dot robots. So they're kind of multi-purpose things that can repair as well as explores. A worker bee, huh? Yes. Where are you going to transport? Right in the middle, in the exact geometric center. Okay. Just... Transporter, please. All right. Two successes. Okay, so transport is complete. So you receive te- telemetry from the probe. It's not showing any signs of disintegration. Uh, it's detecting seawater. And what the ship's sensors took to be salt appears to be a life sign. Oh, so piranha plankton. It's alive. Mm. Sodium-based sodium chloride based life form huh interesting does it speak whale (laughs) 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 i speak whale oh my god (laughs) (sighs) pax calls the doctor doctor over to sedate ellie (laughs) (laughs) oh my Sodium chloride life form is still a a new classification, I think. Biology is not my thing. Um, so there aren't that many examples to compare it with, but they appear to be similar to like um, plankton, but maybe slightly more piranha-ish. Can we determine its sentience? Sentient might be pushing it. Um, might be more akin to a hive mind. Ooh. We are the salt. I speak hive mind. But not sapient hive mind. Maybe, maybe not intelligent at all, but it's able to... Um, it's, a feeding, it's a feeding group. Yeah, yeah. The interesting part is that the cube that you beamed away, now that you know what it is, um, you're you're starting to identify what you believe are like um, communication between individuals. And the cube that is still making its way back to the bulk is still in contact. Hmm. 
How are they communicating? Quantum. Electrical signals. It seems to be a form of uh, quantum entanglement. Aha. Uh -huh. <laughs> uh -huh. Okay, Ellie needs to be sedated again. Yes. Doctor. But the interesting thing is, while it is quantum entanglement, there is still electrical impulse communication happening as well. Yeah. Wait, uh, quantum entanglement, are we talking like a billion little individual quantum entanglements? Um. Because that shit's expensive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, it is. That would be a lot of quantum pairs. It's... It, um, do a science you scan. <laughs> by time, by time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, not again. Will's <laughs> using all your credit here. Alright, I'm down to two. Linda, you need some remedial science practice. Uh oh. All Back right. to Academy. Three successes. Can I help? Okay. Uh, yeah. Another one. Okay. Um, yeah, quantum entanglement is not, uh, it's not a cheap process energy-wise. Um, at, at least to make the initial, um, bond, I suppose. But the interesting bit that might explain it is that all the individuals seem to have or do have um, an identical genetic makeup as each other maybe so it is go <laughs> no, not goddamn blue go. <laughs> pva glue don't just don't go eating it Um, but yeah, yeah, it could, it could they well be one large organism, and the individuals are cells. Um, when the wave stopped, did it have any, what was the relationship to the distance from this goo? Um, as it encountered the glue, goo. I see, I see. So that's where all the energy went. So that's how they can maybe pay for the quantum entanglement. They take all the energy from the, 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 the tidal power. power. Yeah, that would make sense. I was under the impression that they already had their entanglements. Well, yeah, but I mean, they could have been using tidal power before. Uh... I mean, potentially, I don't know. Uh, does the does the surface of the goo move noticeably differently from the surface of the sea around it? No, in waves that propagate outside, continue through. There isn't any damping effect on them? No, not really. So but... they're doing the wave is what you're saying? Mm -hmm. Shall we recall the sub? Oh yeah, uh, our sub is in danger. I mean, we should definitely tell them not to go near the salty water. Uh... They're nowhere near it. Well, yeah, but we should uh, give them a warning. Uh, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. The you're in an ocean full of a sentient thing that might kill you within moments if you're not paying attention. Good luck! I mean, this, is, this is Starfleet. They're going to go, oh, super salty water. Let's check it out. 
Yeah. I mean, that's we just, did. Just so we did, yes. <laughs> yeah, but the sub is limited to maybe... I don't know what speed the summer subs got, but it was it was a couple of thousand miles away from the salty, uh, the salty goo. Oh, I see. So I'm not calling it that again. <laughs> I mean, that's what I've been calling it in my notes. So. Yeah. Oh God. Okay. So we know that it dissipated the wave. Hmm. We know they're quantum entangled. I guess I I want to know like at this point we're still exploring, <clears throat> but like what else do we need to learn? <clears throat> Can we talk to it? Is it is it a single organism? Yeah, but not necessarily intelligent mm. enough to talk to. Not necessarily, but I mean we're Starfleet. We've got to give it a go. Teach it some tricks. Is there yeah. an enzyme version of like Morse code? Um, you're the biologist. I mean, I would know. You would know. <laughs> In other words, you want to know if I'm going to let you. Um, you're not detecting any chemical. Um, communication. It's all um, electrical impulses and probably quantum entanglements. Um, if I shake the vial that we have up here, does anything happen on in with the goose central? Oh, the I vial we that had I a don't sample. have. Oh, what happened? Oh, you that, said it. Pretty. He said that we weren't. We never collected a sample, and I was like, oh. I mean, we've got a robot down there right now. We could have it collect a sample. Is the robot still there? Yep. Not eating? Nope. I'm assuming it only eats organic matter. Speaking of which, that robot isn't coming back on the shuttle. Just saying. <laughs> we blow it up. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The thing is back. We don't feel like dealing with a, a, a goo invasion. No. Eating all the bio-neural gel packs. Do we even I, have I, those? I, I like not being dissolved. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a big priority right now. But, you know, that is definitely an engineer's response. <laughs> not my ship. Hey, can we do something silly and actually send out a hello the normal way? Which I asked for the beginning. Why? We're doing the RAL thing. Just turn on the PA system and say hello. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay. So you open standard communications and try and make contact. Um, nothing seems to change. Hmm. See what's below surface with this we can't read past nine miles thing. Yeah, you want to go somewhere else. Yeah. We'll have a look around. The sub's going to dive. Stellar cartography estimates that it's probably the the um, the surface floor is probably around um, one mile to probably about twelve miles deep, um, and possibly some 
um, small deep fissures that are deeper than that. It's not a true O-class planet because there is land mass. And unlike a lot of oceans, ocean, including on Earth, a lot of oceans are, are effectively deserts in that they lack much life because there's these most oceanic life gets their nutrients from water flow uh, flowing off land mass what we what you're seeing on this planet is that the place is teeming with life and that is an oddity it shouldn't be life so far from um, a landmass. So, to scan the ocean floors, you will have to get closer. In the sub, or are we taking a shuttle? Well, the sub is doing its own thing, and it is scanning. It is making sensor sweeps, but it's more interested in cataloging life than we have some Delta Flyers, soldier. right? Uh, yeah. You do? We, do. we also have those aquatic shuttle things. Oh, Hunleys. The Hunleys uh, have been deployed already. They're oh. part of the submarine's complement. Oh, but are they? Have, oh. Yeah. But we do have Delta Flyers. Um, in theory, should survive to um, 12 miles. Let's go. Yeah, I mean, we, prob we probably can't commandeer any of the actual appropriate equipment unless we have serious safety concerns. Yeah. Yeah. Going to pick a, pick a sp spot and go and have a look-see? Are all of us going in the mine shuttle? I mean, I don't see any reason losing the entire command staff if something bad happens. <laughs> I'm sure Pax could replace... I mean, he would be distraught. Come on. You can always get more command we... stuff, you know? Uh, nah, we're, we're, in it. we're irreplaceable. You'll never, you'll never find another team with our charisma. I'm just saying, if we've got multiple shuttles, we should like divide the team up. That's probably a good idea. Send in the whole fleet. Cover more ground. More firepower, too. Yep. Plus, it's more justifiable to play Ride of the Valkyries if we've got more than one shuttle. <laughs> <laughs> Do we have uh, more than one good pilot? Oh, I'm half a pilot. Ral is competent. I'm I'm okay, but not under pressure. Uh, I'm. Yeah, under pressure. Carl, Carl is technically flight trained. <laughs> All right. How many Delta flyers do we have? We said one, didn't we? Yeah, one. Not huh. so after all that. And how many of the other shuttles do we have? None, technically. Wait, we only have one small craft? No, you've got one Type 11, four Type 6, two Type 9. We're just not okay. going to go underwater? Two Deneb, one Delta Fly, and two Hoppers. Okay. But only one of those is aqua-capable. I see. So we can't divide people into more shuttles. Nope. Oh well, I guess we're all going in. Seems like an oversight plane to Starfleet being put at unnecessary risk. <laughs> well, technically, we've got, we've got a whole a whole fleet over there that are just doing their own thing. Escorting a giant submarine that's doing nothing. Doing nothing. It's just not doing what you want it to do. <laughs> yeah. Careful, or the goo might um, break you down. 
I, I, I don't. I don't want that. No. Stop playing the grumpy old man then. But I am a grumpy old man. I, my birthday was like the other day. Oh. So, right. so how how deep can we go before transporting becomes an issue? A couple of miles. See if we can get some more information uh, without leaving transport range. Okay. Uh, how how quickly can we fabricate high pressure diving suits? Good question. Um, high pressure. No, today we can go quite deep. Just don't know how deep that is. About fifteen hundred feet. Whoa. Oh, hang on. Twenty-three hundred feet. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'm going to say maybe a mile. Okay, so that's not useful either. No. No. Well, Starfleet isn't really geared up to, you know, water. Uh, but I mean, the Delta Flow is uh, is rated at high pressure. I mean, it survived um, a gas plant, a gas giant, quite happily, and survived several miles of um, underwater. So is rated for it. Yeah, but ac accidents underwater are much less friendly than accidents in space. Yeah, much less survivable. Yeah. The term. Uh, so I mean, um, and I don't believe you've got a cable log enough to, to, you know, just attach it to the pemkin. Probably not. Troll. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, we'll just have to to send the expendable crew members then. So you lot. <laughs> with a come on, with a command stuff, we're not expendable. Well, I know the dark's uh, going. All right, yeah, well, all right. Doctor wants Pax, to go. Pax is confident that the Delta flyer will hold up, so orders you all to go. But that's just reckless. Can I roll insight on Pax? No. Damn. <laughs> Ah, he wants us dead. Clearly. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, uh, the Delta Flyer has many redundancies. And there are other ships that can go and get you if you get stranded. I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we heard that before. Hey, you've gone down to two, you've gone down to about two miles before in a Delta Flyer. We're not, we're not alone. The Hunleys and the sub are nearby. Yeah, yeah let's send the sub a dubba. Send it instead. I'm, okay. I'm not sure they'll let us. On the shuttle. No. Yeah, let's go. Let's, let's go. Okay. Taking a spacecraft um, underwater. Yay. Okay, Matt, can you make pride do a. Not sure why you people join Starfleet. <laughs> That will be three successes without the ship rolling. Guess no one else would hire Ral, that's why. To to explore space. <laughs> yeah, not Bold underwater. <laughs> space is like to this one. Roll. The Delta Flyer has um engines and con is eleven. 
So one will roll for the ship. And not successful, just three successes then. You know, thinking about it, the Atlanta. Oh, the Atlanta. Yeah, is that? Yeah, that might survive. That might do because it's got a a living a skin, propulsion. hasn't it? And reaction, yeah, reactionless pull drive. Yeah, yeah. Ablative armor. That's some good thinking. Okay. Yeah, so you can take the Atlantia down. So divide instead. people between the two. Um. Uh, you can do. You can divide the between the two, but like you say, surviving accidents underwater is less survivable than space. But if one accident hits one ship, everyone dies. If one accident hits two ships, only one of them die. Mm. I would like to be on the surviving ship, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that does make sense. You can take the Delta Flyer and the Atlantia if you want. Yes. Yep. Redundancy. <clears throat> okay, so who's flying the Delta Flyer? Not Pride, he'll be on the Atlanta. Uh, I mean, I think Ral is the best other pilot we've got. Yes, but Ral wants to be on the survivable ship. Uh, the, uh... <laughs> uh, we do. Fine, Ral, fly the, the doomed... Carl will do it. <laughs> oh, then it's, it's totally doomed. Uh, Basin has a three on Khan. There you go. Yeah, Carl only has a two. Yeah, Raoul fly the Delta Flyer. Fine. Oh. If she dies, she's gonna haunt Ellie. As an FYI. Um. Okay, so whoever's flying the Delta Flyer needs to do a piloting check as well. Yeah, I'll do it now. Grumble, 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 grumble. Two successes! Nice. Hooray. Still grumbling all the way. Obviously. Obviously. So I'm gonna if if um Ral is on the Delta Flyer, I'm on the Atalanta because I just want to put engineering skills on both. Yeah. Makes sense. Ellie knows that the Atalanta will survive. <laughs> Ral just knows it. <laughs> okay. Um so transition uh from atmosphere to aquatic with no problems um once underwater um the atlantia's hull um takes on kind of a mottled um tone cuttlefish yeah basically <laughs> shuttlefish uh, and you descend relatively quickly um still within parameters to give the holes time to adapt to the pressure changes. You are diving at one of the mid-range, so about seven miles down, at which point you'll assess from there. As you dive down, the shuttle sensors pick up a lot of uh, what's called aquatic snow, organic debris from the surface the lights flicker on from the shuttles and uh, see all kinds of uh, wildlife um aquatic life 
Um, the deeper you get, the the stranger the that life appears um, as it is adapted to the depth and the pressure, the lack of sunlight and the temperature. And it takes about an hour um, to reach the seafloor and it's all very strange. It's very surreal. The cockpit windows are overlaid as a HUD, uh, false colours, and you are picking up pockets of extreme temperatures tapering off to survivable temperatures. Uh, these are what are known as black smokers, sort of like um, hydrothermal vents in the ocean floor. Um, superheat water, but release vast amounts of um, minerals and all sorts of good stuff. Pulling into the black smokers, they're like little underground volca underwater volcanoes, are um, various critters. Um, because I'm not entirely sure if they're classed as creatures or plants. Uh, they're kind of like tubers. Um, and feeding off them are crabs and um, other crustaceans, fish, things like that. And around outside of these uh, habitable areas, the ocean temperature is is approaching um, zero degrees Fahrenheit. Um, only kept liquid because of the pressure from above. Um, I mean, I, I, I'm just mumbling about how I have no idea what that means. <laughs> Stupid. Silly measurements. Oh, zero degrees Fahrenheit is minus, minus 20 for Celsius. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I was trying to figure out if that's cold or not. It's super cold, yeah. It's very cold. So, well, I mean, it's Finland weather. Yeah, it's minus 17.7778 Celsius. Um, yeah, so it's cold. Um, and only the pressure um, from the ocean above is, is what's keeping it liquid. And the salt. Because that lowers the freezing temperature. For... Freezes. Yeah. Um... Followers, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Science. Um, you do get a few um larger contacts on the sensors. Um, maybe most of them are about you know shuttle size. Um. And they're circling the two, uh, your two shuttles at about um, a mile out. Um, and there's a dozen of them, maybe. Which shuttle is faster? My Delta Flyer or the Atlanta? I hate to say it, but the Atlanta, yeah. <laughs> I knew ours was the, dead, the, the, the bad shuttle, damn it. Oh, no. <laughs> I have to outrun the giant ocean of blues. Just have to outrun no, we you. just have to outrun the Atlanta. <laughs> and no, I wait, can't so hack it to make it go slower because Ellie's on board. The sensor contacts, do we, 
we can tell anything about them? Um, yeah, so they're about, um, uh, they range in size from 50 feet down to 10, 15 feet. Um, appears to be a, a pod of animals, um, some adolescents and some adults. But the bigger ones weigh several tons each. They are definitely uh, fish, as in they have gills. They have a vague resemblance to a dolphin with the flat tail rather than the vertical of a shark. But they have gills instead of a, a blowhole. Okay. I'm seeing you guys as food, probably not. You're probably too big to be considered food. And again, you're probably too big to be considered as a threat sort of thing. Too big and heavy to want to attack you. Uh, someone do a sensor scan. Uh, so science? And or engineering. I can scan. I think I have one re-roll on sensors. I rolled an 11 and a 20, but I'm going to... Okay. So that's, uh, that's three successes. Oh, sorry. Two successes. Sorry. Okay, doing a, a wider sensor sweep, uh, you you are picking up dozens of rocks, like car-sized, relatively small. Um, they are obviously from the asteroid belt um, that have fallen over countless generations. You know the age of the rocks in orbit, and some of the rocks on the sea floor are at least that old, um, ranging right the way up to. Well, no, sorry, sorry, went wrong there. The rocks are all the same age, so they all came from that asteroid belt, but they are covered in um, soil and debris from this planet that have fallen. And some of them have been here for millions of years and others are just a few years old. Um, and there are, there are just so many of them. The seafloor is covered in them. But they are the composition of the, the rocks or the parts of the rocks that survive are very high in um, organ or organic, oh. organic compounds. So we're feeding from the meteorites. Yeah. Ah, space is a whole ecosystem. Mm. Nice. Ellie's Ellie's super excited about that. <laughs> you are also several dozen kilometers from your location, detecting what looks like ruins oh go check it out go check it out okay um can the pilots do a uh, do piloting checks please I, I i'd like to help her out that is three successes in pride and let's see engines oh, not that i apparently need to so four successes for pride in the atlanta okay um and Rao didn't blow anything up that's a good thing okay that's always um, a good thing 
Good I'm job, Ralph. Don't stuff up that often. Unless there's <laughs> planets. Just planets. Yeah, so the ocean floor up to about 100 feet above the floor. It's just an assault course of um, black smokers. They're just like dotted everywhere. To the point that in the end, you just decide to rise above it. Um, and there's, um, I didn't mention it earlier, I forgot, but um, about half a mile above the surface, above the floor, um, is a, like a um, a cloud layer um, of weather, weather black smokers, fumes, kind of um, naturally buoyant. Um, so you rise above that and make it make a beeline for this other place. This is just below the nine mile mark, uh, the ruins. So it was just out of sense of age. So underwater ruins? Yes. Wow. Yeah. So as you approach, you, um, from what the sensors were indicating, you were expecting like, foundations if that um, what you come across is effectively a flooded city think um, think New York underwater um, underwater and ruined so we took Atlanta to Atlantis yeah basically um, you've got these tall skyscrapers um, they're not like the ones on earth that are blocky they're they're more streamlined um, very tall. Uh, the tallest building is probably just under a mile high, and is shaped like a um, the wing of an aircraft. Uh, oh, that all makes buildings sense. Are shaped that way. Yeah. And they're all orientated in the same direction. Um, and there's lots of other buildings as well that are are less aerodynamic. They look like they were pressurized on the inside. No, they all have what looks like normal glass windows. It's possible that the city was once above water. Hmm. Although saying that, uh, sensors are picking up several areas that have um, atmosphere. Do a do a do a engineering check. Okay. Engineering sense scan, basically. Two successes. Yeah, so it looks like it's the local equivalent of a um, subway station, maybe a bomb shelters, a couple of bomb shelters, or some sort of basement that was able to be sealed, or might have had construction constructed in a way that when the city flooded, it trapped air. Okay. What's the pressure like inside them? Inside the sealed ones, it's it's a little high, but no, um, you could survive it easily without pressure suit. You just need decompressing when you came back out. But um, the water suits that you have on board will protect you in any of the environments, um, environments with air. Are they check it out? air pockets that have been stale, or are they being regenerated? Or there's no um, environmental systems that you can detect. 
Okay. We definitely need suits. Yeah. Um, we could either beam ourselves or we could try beaming one of our bots. I mean, bots first makes sense. Yep. We don't want to just turn up in a situation that's going to get us killed. Oh, but I do that every episode. <laughs> that is true. So, which one are you going to beam into first? There are four. Uh, one that looks like a an underground transit station of some description. And the others look like they're um, either bunkers or basements of some of the large buildings. I mean, presumably the the station is the biggest, so biggest first makes sense. Okay. Uh, you will need a transport roll for this because it is lots of water. Yeah, might as well. <laughs> Two successes. Okay. So you beam one of the drones in. Uh, it looks like a, a subway station. So it's a... <clears throat> Quite a long, relatively tubular, round room. Uh, it's about 100 meters long, 20, 25 wide, a platform and a lower section that is flooded. The water appears to have been trapped with the air. So what you're going to have to probe. Is there any writing or? Uh, yeah, there is writing. Can the computer translate anything? Yeah, yeah, it's it's a relatively easy language to translate. It's a mixture of um, warnings and advertisement. Warnings are like don't don't stand too close to the edge. Mind the gap. Yeah, that sort of thing. Um, and the advertisement are for different products: um, aftershave, electronic devices, things like that. Do they feature any pictures of beings? Yeah, they they are humanoid. So torso, arms, four fingers, and two thumbs on each hand. Uh, the the only real other than the extra thumb is that their legs, their knees are on the opposite in the opposite direction. They bend backwards. Yeah, or forwards. Chicken legs. Yeah. So it, it's probably that their ankle is where. Our knee is, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Dinosaur people. Yeah, that seems to be the the main difference. Does there seem to be like any signs that everything was sudden? Yes. Yeah, so as the probes lights, um, because obviously it's pitch black down there. Um, as its lights reach the floor, the floor seems to be covered in uh, skeletal remains. <laughs> So obviously, whatever happened happened long enough ago that the skeletal remains are completely um, clean of flesh, uh, but not long enough that their clothing has degraded. Um, is anything still sending out like an old signal or something that got left on? Am I picking up anything? No signals, but you are detecting a, um, a number of artificial devices. Oh, or a number where, of devices, I guess. Where at? In what appear to be pockets of the clothing. Ah, oh, cell, cell phones? phones. Mm. Possibly. 
I want to collect or beam one of those back. Yep. Um, do yeah. more of those, not just one. More. more. Do, do, do keep it isolated until you know it's safe, though. I was just going to beam it onto the helm console. Yes. I, I, actually, you're on the other ship, so. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm do encouraging her to get more. <laughs> it's not a threat to us. You're able to beam a number of devices over. Be like Orville. At first glance, they appear much like smartphones in Earth's 21st century. About four inches high, three wide. May well, maybe a little bit bigger, maybe a little bit wider than human cell phones because this alien species had two thumbs. So you don't need to reach right across the screen. I have two thumbs. Holding it in one hand sort of thing. <laughs> so is it can't still be powered, can it? No, no, the battery okay. is long dead. But so... the internal components seem intact. So I'm going to see if I can access the information with like a tricorder. <clears throat> You'll have to power the device on. You'll have to charge the battery. But the the battery is a um, a lithium ion battery. So you will easily be able to hook up an interface to power the thing on. Obviously in the alien language, but the computer translates it. From what you can dredge up in your random knowledge memory it looks a lot like 21st century smartphone i hack it yeah it, <laughs> it really doesn't check it's what's up any fight at all <laughs> it was biometrically locked but you're able to get around that no problem and you find inside a number of programs ranging from mobile games various communication programs, pictures, cash of whatever their version of websites actually is. <laughs> it's definitely not like a top secret military device. It's definitely for personal use. But you're able to pull up, while the websites aren't active anymore, you're able to pull up the, the cash from them. What's their anger score? Uh, higher than anyone on Earth. <sighs> And they even beat Flappy Bird. <laughs> on this expert is level. Species. <laughs> yeah. Well, when you've got two thumbs on each hand, yeah, I used yeah. to tap in. Uh, so, yeah, you're able to uh, pull up. There's a lot of nonsense on there, um, as any alien species would find on any of our phones. 99% crap, 1% might be useful. And one of them was a news service uh, that this person subscribed to and basically talked about uh, a disaster, a self-inflicted disaster. Uh, but it doesn't, uh, the device you're looking at doesn't really go into details. Either it's been in social conscience memory for a while uh, it happened a while ago or has been happening for a while and they just don't refer to it anymore by name or they don't know what it is. You're not sure which. Right. Well, one of these other locations looked like it was a uh, basement or bunker-like. Yeah. Maybe they'll have more specific. Are we talking yep. a Grey Goo type scenario? Um, <laughs> no. Well, the axis of the planet changed at some point. True. I don't know if it's related to that. 
Okay. Yep. So you beam the drone back and make your way carefully closer to one of the other locations. Of the three other buildings, they are all tall, well over 700 meters. Not the tallest, but up there. One of them has a large symbol. Um, you have no idea what the symbol means. It is just a symbol, no words. But it might, it's, it seems more important than the other buildings because it's got a big symbol on the side of it. Yeah. Seems like a solid place to start. Send the bot? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, this time you detect a little bit of um, resistance in the beam in the transport process something in the materials of the bunker is making it difficult to transport through but they just boost power and uh, you're able to punch through with no problems at all and the drone materializes inside a large square room it looks like it's part of a larger uh, underground complex but sensors indicate that it um, all the other rooms around it have been flooded but this room looks like a control room of some description in the center of the room is a a square table hollow um, like a an outline of a square mm -hmm. with a big ho hollow section big hole in the middle lots of chairs around the edge around the table and then around the edges between the doors to other rooms are uh, workstations there are once again skeletal skeletal remains some of them still in chairs and appear to be um, computers on the desks the computer can the bot Bot check it for me. Can I use the bot? It appears as though the computer is just an interface to something else. Um, so it's not connected. No. Is it possible Any to work? or books? There might have been books at one point, and there doesn't appear to be any um, any signs. Loose keys on the wall. Um, not loose keys. Might be stuff in, um, in pockets. Loot the bodies. <laughs> uh, some more personal communication devices. Don't know if there's anything else in pockets. There doesn't appear to be. Not that the drone can detect anyway. I mean, they seem like more important people. They might have more interesting things on their phones. Yep. All right. So. I will take another phone. Okay. Hook it up. Uh, yeah, you beam it up. Yep. Uh, the encryption on this is much stronger. Ah, uh, am I going to have to use computers? No, still oh, not. Darn it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there might be a chance you'd fail, I guess, but highly unlikely. The encryption is much stronger, but the technology is still. 300 years behind Starfleet. So you're able to crack it quite easily. 
the memory storage on this device is worlds beyond the other device. At several um, terabyte of memory space versus the couple of hundred gigabyte on the other one. There's again the the website um, caches aren't aren't really talking about what the disaster is. Uh, but as you delve deeper, there are a number of official-looking communications, mm -hmm. and many of them are in code, encrypted as well as in code, and the computer's having problems deciphering it. It will do eventually, but it picks out words like uh, moon, mining operation, disaster, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, they mined too deep. Yeah. They ruined it. They awoke the Balrog. Yeah. Um, and you're able to pull up, uh, attached to those documents, are a number of pictures. And the pictures appear to be of a moon, but is a, a terraformed moon. Lots of greenery, um, water. Uh, that sort of thing. Cool. And as the computer's going along decoding, it's able to decode a um, video file. It's or part of one. It's only a couple of seconds long, but it's video footage of the moon in orbit. And as you watch, there is an explosion, a shockwave. Think uh, Death Star exploding that fin shockwave uh, that literally carves the moon in half. In an instant, all of the greenery and um, water and everything that was on the moon just is swept away. And that's where the footage cuts off. Mm -hmm. Wow. So what are you all thinking? Uh, I mean, it looks like they blew up their moon. Pretty much. Mm -hmm. Is it is it possible to work out what those computers interfaced with? Not remotely. Ah. Not as in not remotely are you going to find stuff out, but not from a distance are you going to remotely find anything. We have to go inside ourselves? Yeah, that's what I'm trying to get at. Yeah. <laughs> well, Ellie always likes finding more computers. Sure, why not? I mean, what could possibly go wrong? Moons blow up in this part of space, just saying. True. Better than the stars in uh, the other part of space. On the other hand, the moon has already blown up, so it's not like that could happen again. I guess True. we want to just check with uh, Potemkin if we can get a message up and ask them if they track anything else coming at the planet. Yeah, uh, not at the moment. Uh, the next estimated collision is not for another few hours. We should probably send back a report and back up our data just in case. Sure, sure. Just in case you all die. Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. Okay. Ellie's suited up. Suits on. Uh, let's go exploring. Okay. Yep. Um who's going over? Uh I mean I mean Carl will for mu as much as he's cautious, he is also interested. Sure. You you can stay and watch the ship if you want, Ral. Uh, I if I let Carl go alone and he dies, then I lose the one leverage I have on the command staff. Damn it. <laughs> I'm coming along to keep Carl safe. Still haven't cashed in on that blackmail chip, so you know. 
Gotta so. keep it keep it going. Keep it alive. Need a dog, yeah. Fair enough. Okay. You beam aboard. Uh, again, there's that hinky something trying to stop you sort of thing. But as you beam in, uh, your suits beep a warning um, just under four bars of atmosphere um, in this room. But you're able to move around and your suits will keep you alive for indefinitely if nothing changes. Ellie is going to have to do a um, computery thing. Okay. Please. One, two, three, four successes. So you're able to interface your tri-quarter with the computer, plugging in a mobile source. The computers are linked to a um, a large database um, somewhere that is still um, active. Databasing. Yeah, it's still active. So there's still power somewhere that's shielded. Yes. From our sensors. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you're uh, you're able to access the database, a database, and it seems to be a military database or a governmental database. It is something that is quite secure at any rate. You want to help me hack? Yeah. I need to do, 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 do. Hacking help. On reroll. Nelly nice. gonna flood the, the the area. Oh, still. Uh, so th three successes, <laughs> four successes with Rao. Well, at least it wasn't another twenty. Yeah, right. <laughs> the encryption again is is quite impressive. You can gain um some more information about what happened, and essentially they were experimenting with. Uh, fusion technology and were doing so on the moon because it was sparsely populated but they lost containment briefly it was only briefly it didn't do it didn't really do much it just sent out a pulse of um, exotic energies unfortunately this seemed to have interacted negatively with some previously unknown substance within the moon's core. Hmm. By the time the company that had been experimenting with the fusion reactor, one, discovered the problem, and then two, the planetary government had discovered the cover-up of the problem, it was already too late, and there was a runaway reaction that was it was working its way towards uh, the core of the moon which in this case was still liquid metal but it was mostly composed of this previously unknown material when the um, catalyst struck the core it exploded the the angle of the shock wave because it was a very flat it was a wave rather than a, a ball the angle struck both the north and south poles of the planet basically flash vaporized them um, almost completely 
um, and it released a great deal of greenhouse gases, which rapidly heated the planet, melting all other ice and permafrost, which released further outgassing. And unfortunately, there was a deep crust ocean that was plugged by permafrost, which released the ocean and flooded the planet. Um, and it all seemed to happen between the moon exploding and the last data entry was less than a year. Hmm. So capitalism and global warming destroyed there, this planet. Is there any evidence that they got any ships off the planet? Uh, they didn't really have anything. So, I mean, they were going to the moon. Capable. Yeah. They didn't really have any uh, longer range ships. I mean, it is entirely possible, uh, but there was no arc or anything mm. like that. The moon wasn't an option, obviously. And there aren't any other inhabitable objects in the system. But maybe. Are there are there any records of like secret bunkers where there might still be alive people under the sea? Secret bunker under the sea. Uh, there there is a lot of data. I mean, it it there's a lot of data that it might even take seven days and eight minutes to to go through. Very specific. Fancy hey, faster than light computer. Hey, look. It's still going to take seven days and oh. eight minutes before we can explore it. What if I? Use I like that dip? eight minutes. Those very specific eight minutes. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. As you can probably guess, it's eight minutes to nine. So we will call it there. I shall see you throughout the week. Yeah. Talk to you later. See you, Pax Destroyer of Worlds. I mean, I, I was assuming it was they were recklessly experimenting with nanites and it was a Grey Goose scenario, but... I mean, why can't it be both? I mean, that's true. <laughs> if you're having one ecological disaster, you may as well have another one at the same time. I mean, come on, it's like an offer. Super offer. You're oh, already sure. doomed. You might as well open them all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Pandora's box.